Welcome to the Ladies Kicking Ass Podcast, where we help you ignite your inner badass and create the service business of your dreams. I'm your host, Tanya Wilson, and together we'll dive into inspiring stories and expert coaching to set your journey on fire. Let's dive in. Welcome back, ladies. I'm so excited for today's podcast. There's a wonderful woman that has graciously blessed us with her time today that I have been following for a long time. I don't know if she knows I've been following her for a long time, but I love what she's doing in the world of uh, emotional and stress-related fitness, um, really talking to women teens, people that deal with anxiety, stress, and really learning how to deal with your feelings. So today is one of those, just like her podcast, F word type of podcast that we're going to talk about a lot of feelings. We're going to talk about a lot of things that are going on. It's like the start of a new season and a new year. And we're like, we're going to crush all this new, these new goals and all this stuff. And as my friend Julie posted today, she's like, today's national quitters day. And we were like, I don't want to be one of those. So how do we not take the anxiety of all these big dreams we have this year and let them overrun us? So Tabitha Martin is one of our guests today, and I'm so excited to be able to let her share her story of how she got into this space and what she does for a living and what she does to offer women that are entrepreneurs or even just mamas on how to deal with the feelings around stress and anxiety. So Tabitha, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. And thank you for letting me join your community and share, uh, you know, like you said, rock the F word feelings, all the feelings that we're going through, the stress and happiness. I always say, um, just rock both of them. Because if you're human, you're going to have anxiety and, you know, hopefully you're practicing happiness. Um, but yeah, thank you. And I hear you. Yes. You know, today I just hosted um, a wellness based community and that came up. We did vision boards today and um, a lot of women already have set their New Year's goals and they already have not um, the goals that they set. They, they didn't they feel like they haven't achieved it or even set out to do what they promised themselves they were going to do. So they had a lot of anxiety around that. So we really worked on um, setting expectations that are more realistic, um, more meaningful and purposeful on what we want to achieve and how to do that. So I love to support you on that too. Excellent. Excellent. And many women, if you are one of those high achieving women, Mm -hmm. you've got your pretty vision board. I have mine hanging over here. You've picked your word of the year. You're, you know, you're gung ho, you're ready to rock and roll. And then you kind of look at it and because it's not all broken down, it's just kind of a jumble on a board. You're like, oh shit. Like, when am I going to have the time? When am I going to do this? When am I going to do this? And really what we'd love to talk about today is breaking all of that stuff down and making sure that you're not overwhelming yourself with those big goals and big dreams. Because if anxiety and stress kicks in so much that it starts, you know, sabotaging your health or your mental wellness it's completely defeating the purpose of why you made that vision board in the first place. So I know it's great to have great big dreams, but it's also really great to break it down and not overwhelm yourself thinking that all of this has to happen in the next three months, because if you're a big dreamer, that's probably not going to happen. And that's okay. That's okay. So if somebody is in this situation that they find themselves like, 
I was so excited, you know, a week ago. And now I'm looking at it and like, oh, I hit 2 million in my business this year. I only did a million last year. Like how in the hell am I going to make that work? And they're starting to feel that anxiety. What are some of the steps that you tell these women to kind of look at, maybe practice, maybe break things down so that they don't get that feeling overwhelmed? Yeah, I love that question. You know, I always start with, you know, writing it down, have it on your vision board. Um, and then just really, I like to do meditations and um, visualization practices. So if that is my goal, it's really just um, creating that identity, what I look like, you know, even what I'm wearing, I, I use the five senses. So it's really in visualizing, like, what are the habits that that woman is doing to achieve that goal. And I get really clear on that. And are is that identity something that's realistic for me? You know, like I have four kids and a grandbaby. So um, someone that, if that identity requires me to travel all the time or do things that in that way, I can't do that. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to be, you know, away from my family like that. Um, so then I have to really be realistic and be like, okay, that's an amazing goal. But for the season I'm in right now, I'm not going to be able to do that. So it's really just creating that identity. What does she look like? What are the habits she needs to do? What does her day look like? And then be that person, but really get clear on what that looks like. Um, so that's, that's number one. <laughs> Um, and all of us have the physical goals, right? We want to feel better and have more energy and work out. And so I always say, just start where you're at. So if you don't work out at all, you know, maybe say twice a week, I'm going to work out and have an accountability partner and what that looks like for you. But don't go A to Z, like your goal. I had a woman who's like, my goal is going to go to the gym five times a week, you know, and sign up for these classes. And that might not be realistic because you get sick or your kids are sick or your business, you know, something happens. Um, so just start baby steps and gradually move up from there. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. huge. And putting stuff on a calendar too. I think a lot of times we have big, green, big dreams and goals. And I was listening to a podcast yeah. this morning and they said, where does that live on your calendar? And I looked and turned yeah. at my vision board and I was like, I got a calendar, a lot of stuff, because honestly, it's like yeah. work meeting, work meeting, work meeting. And if you go back and look at yeah. your calendar last year, it looked exactly the same. So how are you going to achieve that new stuff if, if you're doing the same stuff you were doing last year? So break mm. it down, pick like one or two things that you're working on or one thing, if it's really intensive and put it on your calendar and make time for it, just like everything else. And it's amazing what you can look back over the year in your calendar and be like, look at what I achieved. Even yeah. showing up those, you know, little moments of stuff. I want to write a book. Great. So how many 30 minutes slots this week are you going to sit down and think about what yeah. you're writing in your book? You know, you have to start somewhere. And really starting with the yeah. end in mind, what do you want it to look like, you know, and then work backwards from that, I think is something that helps me a lot with not getting burnt out or overwhelmed with things. It's just breaking them down into little things, putting them on the calendar. And then it's not yeah. someday I start this. It's Monday. I start this. Yes, definitely. It needs to be in your calendar. We all have 24 hours in the day, but it's like, where are we spending our time my calendar is actually broken down by hours. So it shows me where my time is and how I'm spending it. 
Um, and I have to set boundaries. Like I have to set boundaries around how many, how many, how many hours I'm on social media. Cause if I'm on it four hours a day, it's like, goodness, I gave birth in that amount of time. I ran a half marathon in that amount of time. Like, fab, you know, you don't need to be on social media that amount of time. So I literally have to do time blocks for that and be realistic with my time. And so one of my goals was to do a podcast and last year and and I did create uh, Rock the F Word with Tabitha and I did put like I'm going to do three episodes a week and I only did one episode and I just gave myself grace because I looked at my calendar and all the other things I was doing and I was like I still started I still accomplished that goal but it wasn't um, the three episodes a week you know so going into 2024 um you know, it's not even three episodes, it's two episodes now, because I know I was able to do one. And now it's like, okay, I got to step up my game. So two feels um, still challenging, but not unrealistic. And it's not going to cause me more stress because I didn't do it. Um, and it's time blocking that day. So it's like every Monday and Thursday, non negotiable, even if it's an hour, just get on and record. <laughs> so. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Really. And uh, holding yourself to what you put on your calendar, I think is something yeah. too, that really not only builds confidence with yourself, but you can also look back and see progression of where you've actually worked on things and done things. If you put it on yeah. your calendar, don't be like, mm, well, that's just a podcast. I'm not going to do that. I did that a lot last year too. Yeah. I weigh my, my eyeballs were bigger than my belly as that old situation is. <laughs> and I was like, I ran out of yeah. time. I didn't have enough time to do this, but regroup with that. Even if you set a big goal and you're like, oh, maybe that was a little bigger than it should have been. What I'm going yeah. to celebrate is that I did this because it's important to look at the celebratory parts and the milestones of things, but this is where I'm going to tweak it to make it better for me. I think many yeah. times when we start something new, we instantly go to someone that we admire or that we're watching and we're like, well, she could put it out four episodes a week. Why can't I yeah. do that? You're new. Yeah. It's okay to be new. It's okay to set something and it doesn't work, but constantly looking at it and, and evolving that is so big too. And then you don't put that stress on yourself. You're giving yourself grace. I, I love when you yeah. say that because giving yourself grace has been a very difficult thing for me to do. I'm very hard. I'm more hard yeah. on myself than anyone. And I have very high standards. And so giving, learning to give yourself grace, I think is one of the most beautiful things you can do to combat burnout, stress, anxiety. Have you felt that in your life? Uh, yes, for sure. And so, um, I, do the inner work now because that's what I coach is not to get burnt out, you know? And um, I love what you said by celebrating your small wins. So like at night, you know, before I go to bed, instead of beating myself up of all the things I, I didn't accomplish, it's like I celebrate three small wins that I did. And it could have been, I just turned on, you know, say, or it could have been that I laid out the workout clothes, but I didn't go work out, you know, whatever that is. Um, and then the next day I really get into action, but I still give myself a way to celebrate a small win. Um, and that really helps me, um, not just have my brain just focus on all the negative things, uh, about myself. And it also helps me know like, okay, I, tomorrow's a new day and I'm going to accomplish it. And I'm not going to allow like those negative feel feelings to hold me back. And, you know, that's the thing is like, um, our feelings dictate everything that we do. So 
you know, I don't want you to fake being happy, but if you're feeling stressed out, we really have to understand, like, what is the feeling that we want? And then what is, how to align our behavior to do that feeling, you know? So if it's working out, um, I, for me, it's, I had a goal, like I have to move 10,000 steps a day and do three classes a week because I no longer want to climb upstairs and like get out of breath. And I want to crawl on the floor when my grandbaby comes and I don't want to be like dying and tired, or I want to have more energy in my day to do to be a mom and do a podcast and be a business leader and I know that the days that I don't move my body I get in a funk and my energy is low so I just remind myself of that and that's what kicks me in the butt to you know move out the door (laughs) so you know it's really embodying that feeling you want and going after it Yes. I I love that recording how you feel after you do that thing that you want to make a habit, I think is a, a really great way to affirm yourself that it is a good habit to start developing in your life. If you like on the topic of working out, you could go to the yeah. gym. My son's preparing to go to football. So he wants to go to the gym and get ready for football season. This just practice yeah. season that's coming up. And we went to the gym last night. I haven't been to the gym for a really long time because I'm like, I don't have time for that. I'll just go for walks. You know, I don't have time. This morning when I woke up and I was feeling a little bit like sore from lifting weights and like doing stuff with him, I was like, this is exactly why I want to go. You feel alive in your body. It's like you can feel your body again. And that's what I wrote in my journal this morning was it feels good to wake up and be a little bit muscle stiff because it makes me very aware of my body. And things that I don't really think about on a daily basis because I'm just so busy doing all the time. So I love that, like affirming yeah. a habit uh, of making that, you know, uh, reminding yourself why you're doing it in the first place, I think can yeah. be a really great thing to really reinforce, like you're making a good decision by doing these things because changing habits is really hard. It can be very, very yeah. difficult. That can be stressful in itself. Yeah. Well, our- stressful yeah and it's because our it's really just to keep us safe and so it's like back in ancestor days you know our ancestors lived in caves and they had to protect themselves from danger from dangerous animals and they were always on the lookout um, you know, to feed themselves and to survive. So our brains are designed to really scan for anything that's that's dangerous. And that's why when, little things that trigger us, we go into fight, we go into flight, we go into freeze and fawn response. So fight might be fighting your feelings, you know, um, yelling, being physical. Fawn is when we're people pleasing, you know, we don't speak our truth or know how to even set boundaries. And then flight, we're running away from our problems when things get stressful, you know, and freeze, we procrastinate. And the reason why we do that is like back, like I said, in the ancestor days, they had to do those four Fs. They had to fight for their lives. They had to run um, for safety. They had to do those things. So our brains are truly designed beautifully to keep us safe in a 911 situation, but not for the modern day world when, you know, we have a business and we 
you know, you get a call from your boss or, you know, something like you, you know, it's not designed for the, for the modern day we live in today. So when you understand that, then you just tell your, your brain and you rewire it to know, like, I am safe. It's just, I'm going to work out and it's uncomfortable. And, but I need to do it because I'm tired of being out of breath, you know, and you just kind of work yeah. through those uncomfortable emotions. And then you rewire your brain from, you know, feeling uncomfortable to being resilient. And that's how you, um, are, that's how you combat stress and anxiety and you control the stress and anxiety instead of it controlling you. Yes. <laughs> I have been reading, actually last year, I was dealing with enormous amounts of stress and anxiety with my business. We were having a hell of a time keeping people employed. Like it was just like turnover, like crazy out in our field and labor jobs and things. And it was just up and down and up and down. We'd be totally cruising and kicking ass. And then you're like, what happened? You know, it just, this cycle just kept happening with stuff. And my stress and anxiety was just through the roof. And I would have like all these like emotional swings of like, what in the, like, this is just not me. I'm not like that. I'm a very genuinely happy person. It's like, what is happening with this? But I think we have to really look at stress too. And in doing a lot of research with this, I'm reading stress is not a problem. Stress is an alarm system that is telling you something is off. You know, yeah. I think in, in today's world, stress is like, oh, you're really stressed out or you have anxiety with stuff. Well, just take a medicine for that or just do, you know, like cover this up with this or, you know, weed's really great for anxiety. I can't tell you how many people told me that, like, just, yeah. just smoke some weed, you know, that'll, that'll calm your anxiety. And I'm like, great. But then when I'm not high again, it's going to come right back. Like, what yeah. is it that is causing the anxiety in the first place? That's not the solution I'm looking for. So thanks, but no thanks. Um, I really want to figure out what is causing this. So when yeah. people are dealing with high levels of anxiety and stress, and they maybe talk to you about that, what are some practices or maybe some um, processes that you tell them to do to really identify what the stress triggers are and then what to do about them versus like, just yeah. go to the doctor and get on medication. Cause I, we seem to think like people will line up to get the medication instead of lining up to change their life. So I'm really yeah. trying to push that side instead of what gets pushed in the mainstream. Yeah. Well, a great question. Um, the first thing I do with people is really help them name their emotions accurately. Like you mentioned, we're talking about stress and we're talking about anxiety. Well, those are two different feelings. So it's very important that um, we really learn to name our emotions. And there's over 3,000 emotion words, so it, it can be really confusing. But stress is truly when you have too much on your to-do list. And so the coping tool for stress is really just like brain dumping everything you have to do in the day and then just you know working on like your small tasks or your big tasks or your priority tasks but you might have to delegate some things you might have to um you know uh like i said set some strong boundaries on how many hours you're on social media whatever that looks like for you um but that's that's what causes a lot of stress right or like work situations and then anxiety is when we are living in our heads um in our past or what if in the future what if this what if this what if you know um you know whatever you're what ifing and so that's exhausting so our bodies are just you know that's where you get burnout and that's where you're really stressed so the coping tool for anxiety 
is really to just kind of really focus on not what happened in the past because we can't go back and we don't even know if we're living to tomorrow. So it's to really focus on what you can control today and just really focusing on three action steps that you can only do today to, like you mentioned in your business. So you know, at least today you have some employees. So focus on what you can control today, what's going on today and not tomorrow. And that's going to help you soothe anxiety. And so naming your emotions accurately also reduce, you know, calms the stress down by 80% that the, from you getting hijacked in those four F's that I talked about. So just naming it because we feel safe when we know how we feel. We don't feel safe when we just say, oh, I have stress, I have anxiety, or I have this. So that makes you feel confident. Like, okay, now I know how I feel. And then now what? So now, now it's like understanding what triggers you, what what gets your body into those four F's, that fight, flight, freeze, stress response and really have an understanding of what that is. So it triggers when someone calls in or it triggers, I get triggered um, when my kids are not listening, whatever that is for you and understanding what your triggers are. And then it's really understanding what coping tool is gonna help you soothe your nervous system. Because once you're hijacked in those four Fs, it's really hard, like people will say, oh, just, you know, take a couple deep breaths while we forget or do this or go for a walk. Like you're so hijacked. You lose the problem solving of your brain. You just lose all of that and you um, act on emotions alone. So it's really learning to identify um, coping tools that work for you to calm your nervous system. So it's not something that you want to do in the moment. You want to like wake up in the morning and already have some coping tools, you know? So for me, it is like just having time alone um, without the kids waking up in the morning. That's my coping tool. And then, like you said, I love how we have the vision board. I, I, I'm, I think of what are my values and how I'm gonna align um, my behavior today with my values. And then I plan for emotional fires. I'm honest and realistic. I'm like, you know, things are gonna happen. That's crazy. How am I gonna cope with it? So I know what my triggers are already. I kind of plan out the day. And then it depends. My coping tool is always breath work. Um, and I try to do before the morning starts. And then I do a body scan throughout the day, you know, where um, throughout transitions of the day before I get on a call. So it's like I scan a full body scan. So I don't wait for until <laughs> I'm really stressed. So that would be like, what are my thoughts? If they're inner bully and they're very negative, Right away, I reframe them because our thoughts create our feelings and that creates our actions. So it's like, I just tell myself, like, Tab, how would you talk to a loved one? How would you talk to your, you know, 29-year-old daughter? Are you going to tell her that? And if the answer is no, I reframe the way I would talk to her. Um, so I do that. And then how do I feel my body? If I already feel my chest, you know, my heart's racing and I already feel sweaty and I already feel those emotions, I'm like, okay. Go to the bathroom, cold water really calms the nervous system or get ice in your hands. I put cold water on my face. Like I do things to self-regulate. Movement's awesome. Like people forget, just turn on the music and like dance. You know, like we, yeah. we forget there's easy tools. Um, there's so many different coping tools, but I help people figure out what works for them. And I, I coach them what hypnosis is, what breath work is. Um, there's EFT, which is um, tapping on certain body parts on your body that's proven to reduce stress. Um, and each one has a meaning. So I help people create like a meditation that they can do or just um, learn the different tapping points and they can tap on that and that reduces stress or 
set timers on your phone and take a walk outside to cool off. There's so many different coping tools, but it's you learning um, what coping tools work for you and having that in your tool belt to manage all the stress. And I think why society and why we all get so stressed out is we don't have those coping tools that work for us. Mm -hmm. um, what works for me is not going to work for you. And we wait until we're at rock bottom where we're emotionally hijacked and we lose the access of our brain to even be able to like calm our nervous system down. And so it's really practicing it daily and then knowing, okay, when I feel anxious, I'm going to just go outside and, you know, just walk five minutes or I'm going to put this, my favorite song on, or I'm going to go to the bathroom, put cold water on my face, or I'm going to just put the music on and just shake it out um, or scream in a pillow, whatever, but already know what you're going to do. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. It's so good. And thank you for all of those examples because thing, different things are, are, help cope with better stuff I love that you said scream yeah. in a pillow because sometimes I just do that in my car yeah or just scream like, in your I car. need a minute the best thing yeah oh okay. yeah like it doesn't have to be this zen quiet beautiful thing you know it could be just screaming it out punching it out I remember um for my son we got him um a punching bag and you know to work out but also it's a just a great anger outlet you know so it, it could be yep. anything it, and that's what I help people do I create it's called emotional freedom toolbox and I help them create their own emotional toolbox so it's like when I feel anxious I will and when I feel sad I will you know call my funny friend or watch my funny video like I help them really get clear on how their their normal 10 emotions that they feel for the week and then what is the coping tool that they're going to do and it rewires your brain to to get out of that victim mindset and then into like where you are in control of your emotions and so I just automatically say that tab when I'm anxious I will and then that's the coping tool I will use and I just keep practicing that over and over and over because habits take like 90 days to master it just takes 30 days just to get your brain to say this sucks I don't want to do it anymore and then it takes 60 days to be like, okay, I got it. And then 90 days, it just becomes your identity. So it's not overnight. And that's why we need to really um, get clear on what is our what are our triggers, what are our coping tools, and just keep practicing that. Rinse and repeat. And then it gets easier. Yes. I <laughs> love that. I, I would challenge anybody that's listening to this to do that like sit down yeah. what are these emotions that keep showing up for you and how are you yeah. going to deal with them I'm a big fan of the punching bag too I have one in my garage <laughs> it was a yeah. godsend for me I discovered kickboxing when I was going through my divorce it was the best shape yeah. I've ever been in in my life so that was a plus but it was just such a great outlet uh some yeah. people just have those kinds of personalities some people are able to sit and meditate and that's great for them some yeah. people find breath work and I found I found some great stuff in breath work but for me to just like zen out and meditate I got a nine million things going on in my head yeah. but I can go out and hit that punching bag and it feels like I'm a brand new person afterwards yeah so I love that you brought that up because it's not always just sitting in quietness sometimes right. you gotta fucking scream sometimes you need exactly. to go punch the bag sometimes you need to get it yeah 
out. I think if you have, you know, that kind of personality, it's a really great thing. It's been a great tool for my son too, that was dealing with a lot of anger issues of like, why would you have him go do that? Because that's what he needs to get that physical stress release. And like, he's so proud of himself after it's over and it just like turns a different shift. So really explore those. I would really encourage everyone to explore those. Sometimes it's a lot of music that you just got to jam out. Yeah. Just jam out. I love it. You know, I um, got certified in goddess yoga and it's, it's yoga inspired, but it's all movement. So we do belly dancing. We do some central movement. We move our shoulders because um, with belly dancing, all the stress we keep is in our hips. So when you do belly dance and you're moving your hips, it releases all that stress out of your body. And then we do a lot of um, like uh, moving our shoulders because we keep so much stress in our shoulders. Just if you go like this, you probably feel tense. So I put the music on and we just like move our shoulders and we do like um, a heart chakra practice too, because as women, we pour so much into everyone else, right? Our clients, our kids, but not so much in ourselves. So we do somatic practices where we're open up our chakras um, so we can pour the same love in ourselves. So it's all about movement because stress and anxiety is not meant to stay in our body. we got to move it out. So whatever that looks like for you, do it. And sometimes I'll just put the music on and I just shake my body for like two minutes and I just like, you know, shake everywhere. And then I'm like, whew. I feel calm and it feels great. And then I'm like ready to start the next roller coaster, whatever that looks like <laughs> in my day. Yeah. So, you know, it's like two minutes. It doesn't have to be this like 10 minute thing. So yeah, it's just creating a toolbox for you. And I am, um, I have a free guide of 18 coping tools and um, that you can try. And as well as a way that you can create your emotional freedom toolbox. Beautiful. Is that on your website? Yes. And I'll send you the link, but it's, it's pretty powerful. And then you can try these 18 different coping tools and see what works for you. That's the thing. I want you to really find out what works for you. Like you said, the punching bag um, works for you. And that's great. You know, whatever music sometimes is the most therapeutic thing for some people Um, walking, Mm -hmm. you know, screaming, whatever that looks like for you. But it's also making sure that you have it at the ready for when you need it and not waiting until you're hijacked, you know, so it's like scheduling that in your day to practice those things to relieve the stress that way when it comes to you, you're not so like, triggered and irritated, you know, like you mentioned, like you um, with work, it's like you get that call and or someone called in and you're, you're more calm, you're like, okay, it is what it is. But this is what I can do today. Versus just, you know, <laughs> getting really upset or even yelling or saying things you don't mean, you know, you're already calmed your nervous system. Yes. A lot of us need that practice too in our relationships with our husbands or spouse, yeah. you know, our partners of sometimes they just say shit that pisses you off and then yeah. you're just quick to like, how dare you, you know, yeah. those little things that you identifying and spending time with yourself and identifying those things to where if you know that he triggers you doing some things, like how do yeah. you react in that? And it's not just moment, you know, moment to moment of like, how many times to get into an argument with somebody and you're like, maybe shouldn't have said yes. that. Maybe <laughs> shouldn't have engaged in that. Or you get mad at yourself yeah. afterwards because you didn't have the tools handy for you to handle that in real time. Like you do, if you actually spend some work on this, I think really calming yeah. the anxiety and learning how to deal with the stress. And, and, and I know those two words are very different, but people use them yeah. together is 
it's learning what that is for you and spending time alone talking about and even writing and journaling about that. That has helped yeah. so much with my stress levels with work and even the yeah. anxiety of like, what's going to happen next? Like I'm a big, like, uh, I don't know what's going to happen next. Or you think this big conversation is going to have to happen and it never really happens. All the stuff you're anxious about never happens anyways. Yeah. But journaling has been a lifesaver for me, not only in like, now I can get good sleep with things that I'm like stressed yeah. or feeling anxious about, but I can put it all on paper. And then I can see even like trends of like, shit happens when you're like close to your cycle or something. And you're like, oh, yeah, see that this keeps happening. Like yeah. I want to rip somebody's face off two days before I start my period. So I can see that this yeah. is a problem for me. So being really honest about that stuff and journaling your feelings can really help you identify what triggers you. If you can't even really think of it off the cuff, like keeping track of them is, is really big. I think there's a lot of yeah. apps that do stuff like that too. Isn't there like yeah. track your emotions? Have- Yes, there is an app. Um, I can send that to you where you can track your emotions too. I have like just a feeling wheel that I use. And like every Friday I do a podcast on a feeling word and how to like work through that feeling. Um, But there is, you know, a lot of different apps that you can have. Um, And I'll send you all that information as well if you want to track it. I love what you said about journaling. Journaling to me is just a great way to like brain dump. Like you said, your feelings, you can really just get it out of your head and that releases stress. But also you can really reflect on what's the best scenario and what's the worst case scenario. And a lot of times the worst case scenario you look at and you're like, okay, I've been through worse and I've also been able to work through this in the past, you know? And so it makes you realize like you're more resilient than you're giving yourself credit for and energy is everything. So are you going to spend like three hours stressing over something that most likely isn't going to happen? And the worst scenario is this. And it's like, okay, well, I've dealt with that and I'll be able to deal with it again. And that just puts it to rest. And that helps me sleep at night too. So it's just writing the best scenario and the worst scenario. And then just wishing for obviously the best, but if it doesn't happen, be prepared for the worst. But I do like what you said on, um, as far as journaling. Yeah. Yeah. I think the old saying of like, live in your head, you're dead, Fred, or whatever that saying is, is like, it really is a true thing because we play so many different weird ass scenarios in our heads that are never going to happen. I mean, like sometimes you're thinking about stuff and you're like, and then I get eaten by the bear and you're like, when is that ever going to happen? You know, it's like some tragic thing that you put into the story that doesn't even have anything to do with it. Uh, it's kind of depending upon where, where you're at, you know, emotionally with things and where your mindset is at. I think for me too, a great thing I'd love to share with everybody is really having some form of mindset practice in the morning that sets you up for a good day. Um, I do stuff with Brenda Burchard's growth day. Uh, he does like a daily fire every morning. That's just anywhere from like five minutes to you know, sometimes up to an hour, but it's yeah. a great thing. I turn it on while I'm getting ready in the morning and it just gives me a positive mindset of things. Sometimes we wake up and we've got all the shit in our minds of things that we didn't handle yesterday or things we're dreading about doing the next day. Yeah. Just find something that you can listen to. There's so much stuff out in the world yeah. that you can listen to now with podcasts and YouTube find someone that you relate with, uh, try out the growth day, do something like that. I love it so much, but 
start your mind off on a positive note every day. Yeah. It is a, it's like when you get up in the morning and you go work out and then you're like, do I want that cheesecake? Cause I know how much <laughs> it takes to burn a thousand yeah. calories and I'm going to die. <laughs> you know, like it really just makes you start thinking twice about when that anxiety and stress starts creeping into your, you've had that centeredness in the morning. I think forgetting to take that time for yourself is something that many people do because they're just so busy do it in yeah. tandem with something else. I love like James Clear's is like habit stacking. I get up and put my makeup on and do my hair every day. I can do this while I'm doing that. And so it's yeah. just become a part of my life. And I can't tell you how much that has changed even reactionary things at work or things with my kids or like, you know, you don't explode so much because you've got that centeredness and it's intentional. So yeah. being intentional about your feelings I love that. And just setting your day up. So like your morning or whenever you, you know, depending on your schedule, but it's, you know, your mindset is everything and it sets you up for the day. So when you wake up in the morning, you know, it's having that it's some people, you know, I always have coffee and then I just don't get on my phone because then it's going to trigger like busyness, you know, and I just love having time for myself. Um, I love what you said, the different apps too. And there's um, insight timer has amazing guided some meditations. And like you said, find that person that you, you know, connect with and calm app as well. So those are two apps that you can download for free. And there's so many different visualization practices or however you do it. And, you know, you come up with your own schedule. Um, so it doesn't have to be in the morning. It's just for me, it sets my day. So it helps me get like in control of my emotions and not allow like that funk to take over. And sometimes I need to be in a funk and I'll say, okay, Tab, you have an hour to stay in this, but you are in control. You got to do what you need to do, you know, after an hour. So I love using, you know, when and then statements when I, or, you know, um, when I feel this way, then I will do this, you know, so that kind of helps me or when I'm done with this, then I will do this. And that will help me also move those emotions out. So. Oh, that's so many, great. So many I need to tools. incorporate that. <laughs> <laughs> and it just when, wires your brain to do that problem solving mindset versus like, you know, staying in that, those negative emotions. So. Yes. Well, this has been an incredible conversation. And I know that, you know, we're just two women sitting here having the conversation <laughs> about it. And it's, you know, we both deal with this stuff. Everybody in yeah. the world deals with this stuff. I look at my teenage kids now. And I know a lot of times people say like, oh, well, you know, they can just look stuff up on the internet. They got things so yeah. easy. This life that they are living <laughs> is not yeah. easy. I'm so glad I grew yeah. up before there were cell phones and people videoing everything and all yeah. of this crazy shit that's happening in the world. Like we really need to listen to and be intentive. I know a lot of times people are like, oh, teenagers and their feelings. It's important. Yeah. Feelings are important at any stage, whether they're two having a tantrum or they're 16 and having a tantrum, you know, there's I reasons yeah. behind those things and making sure that everyone feel safe so that they know that their feelings are validated because yeah. I grew up, I don't know about you, but 
you know, we kind of grew up in a time where like kids were seen and not heard and nobody really cared about a kid's feelings. Yeah. It was just like the parents dictated everything. Lots of kids are going through a lot of stuff right now. And you hear and you see all of these suicide rates. And there was like a yeah. suicide at my stepdaughter's school this year and yeah. all this tragic stuff that's been happening with this poor kid that got beat up in Gilbert. And it's just like, yeah. what the hell is happening? And I think a lot of it is like these kids just feel so alone because feelings just tend to be, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Deal with it. You know, yeah. there's sometimes you just need to sit down and talk and, you know, really be aware of how the people that you love are what you feel and, yeah. and spreading that positivity and that kindness and, you know, reaching out to people you haven't heard from for a long time. I know I see a post a lot of time that's like, check on your strong friend. And it's true, you know, like yeah. how many times do people be like, oh, she's got her stuff together and she's over there like dying inside because she doesn't want to ask for help. Don't allow yeah. that to become you, you know, talk to your kids, talk to your spouse. Sometimes people are dealing with shit that we don't even know about. And we think, oh, they're rude or they're this, you know, the more yeah. you get into development of people or you learned, you know, the psychology of people, many times that lashing out of bad behavior or them being rude or something is something that they're dealing with. It really has nothing to do with you so only being not aware of your own feelings is great but being aware of everybody around you that you love and care about and and checking in on them is so important in today's world we're connected as ever and we communicate yeah. the less than we ever have before so I just love when we talk about things like this to always throw that out there because man there are people that are hurting right now it yeah, makes me so everything. sad like why do I they know, have to deal yeah. with this you know it's just it's so sad to see like what these kids are dealing with or like listening to like my stepson at seven. And he's like, I'm so stressed out today. I'm like, I didn't even know that word at seven years old, you know, but they yeah. hear it so much. So it's really yeah. like our language that we give to and not, you know, pushing that onto our kids, but also when they say those things, understanding why they feel that way is just yeah. so important. I love that. You and I know that, that you then, work with teens doing that. Yeah. Well, I were, I started in, I worked in speech therapy with kids. So I, my job was to help them communicate better. And a lot of them were struggling with a stress and anxiety. So I would help them be able to like communicate what was wrong with them. And that is a struggle. And so like you mentioned with your son, just using those words, that's beautiful. You know, it's like opening up the, uh, a safe place for him to say that instead of like, okay, well, just do something about it or, you know, push under the rug. But um, we want to teach them to really name their emotions, express it, but then learn how to control it. So it doesn't control them. But, um, you know, at working in schools for 12 years, that takes a lot of practice for kids. So it's just being able to have those mentors have that, um, I call it emotionally intelligent home, where you talk about emotions, like you talk about um, anxiety, like you talk about vacation, you know, it, it should be mm -hmm. equal. Um, and it should be an open discussion. And it's almost like it should be where everyone experiences anxiety. And we explain that to them. But it's when it controls you, where it impacts you from not wanting to leave the house or, you know, going to school or, you know, uh, going to social events or talking to other people. Well, that's when we have to do something else about it. But I know I ended up, um, I ended up leaving schools to do trainings for schools to teach teachers how to do social emotional learning. And then my son uh, transitioning from eighth grade to high school started having anxiety attacks. 
And that kind of rocked my world. Like you said, I was really worried. I was like, okay, wait, this feeling, is it going to control him? Like, and so I had to learn how the brain works and I had to learn all the strengths about anxiety. There is a lot of um, anxiety is meant to move forward, you know? So it's meant to help us like achieve our goals and to be uncomfortable and, and allow like um, fear, feeling shaky and feeling your heart racing. It's allowing us to have those uncomfortable feelings so we can move forward and do what we want to do. But it holds us back when we're like, what is this feeling? This is uncomfortable. So I don't want to do it, you know? So when you learn the strengths of it and the weaknesses, that's when it's really powerful and make it your best friend. Um, then you're able to really work through it. But I ended up leaving school so I can do more coaching on that. And um, my son just taught me a lot too, is just um, with anxiety. And I saw his resilience and how he wanted to work through it. And I saw how I was having them see different people and they had no answers. They just said, get on this medicine or do this or do that. And it's like, that's short term. That's not going to help for long term. So, um, you know, having these, real conversations with our kids is so important, especially with the suicide rate that's happening right now. So yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Yes. Yes. Thank you for sharing that too about your son. And, you know, it's, I think sometimes as mothers, when we feel our kids hurting, it's like, I got to make this go away. I got to do this, you know, like try to try to fix this. It's so incredibly important to walk with them uh, because we can't just yeah. make everything go away. But them knowing that we have, you know, they're back all the time and that we're there to support them. It's also great emotional intelligence for them to learn how to cope and handle these things themselves. Yeah. So we just really yeah. have to bring that. I love that you say, you know, openness of being able to discuss these things. Like if you're dealing, my son had a lot of anger issues, a lot from when he was very young. Yeah. He did, he couldn't speak for a long time. He had some ears issues and he just got behind yeah. with everybody. And, and he had a lot of anger issues because he was trying to communicate but he couldn't he sounded like a minion (laughs) you know bless his little heart but he was just so frustrated and it just carried on for a long time because then he carried that anger when he didn't know what to do with it and it's really just a matter of like for him it's sitting down with him and being eye to eye contact and having conversations and getting off the freaking video games for long periods of time the physical activity of that is an outlet for that anger and it's just, you know, we try to, sometimes we don't want to be like, oh, well, my kid's got this going on or this going on as if it mm-hmm. makes you look like a bad mom or something like that. It's not, there's such a supportive community of people that are out there both yeah. in schools, which I've been so thankful for, but even doing your own research and being able to help provide a really emotionally safe place for them to be at is, is really cool. Yeah. And I just, I, I love that they teach the stuff in schools now too, because man, they never talked about any of this stuff when we were kids. It was just like, no. fuck up, you know, quit being such a baby. And it's, it's so much more you. than that. Oh yeah. We gifted my son um, when he was 18, um, you know, getting certified in like mental wellness and hypnosis and NLP. And um, it was the best gift that you can provide your kids is getting them to really learn about emotions and how to control it. And, um, you know, most people gift their kids going to Hawaii or this big trip. And it's like, no, I get, we gifted him personal development. That's going to help him be able to serve, you know, to thrive in life. And so I think that was 
the best gift that um, we provided our son. And now he's mentoring athletes and, you know, he's uh, 21 now and he's able to mentor athletes with different things. So you opening that up and being able to support them. Um, it's just amazing. I think more people really need to really talk about emotions and, and learn those outlets, like you said, with your son. Um, it's another reason why I created Wellness Babes. Um, I have Wellness Babes and it's we get together several times a month and we really talk about these real talks. We talk about parenting. We talk about business. Like how can we be a mom and support our kids, but uh, you know, also be in business. And we really work on tools to um, work on, on thriving research-based tools too. And I think we need to get plugged into these communities um, that are really wanting to not be stuck in that um you know, negative energy and just really moving up. I always say the, you know, anxiety ladder, like the ladder that you want to move up and being surrounded with community is so helpful. And for kids too, which is hard for them to find that connection group, but they can through different sport groups or different groups or even the gym. Like, you know, I think that's like a, an amazing outlet for kids. So. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Well, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for going there with the kids and stuff too, because we just, yeah. if you're a mom that's struggling with things like that, I know that can be a very, very, very stressful place for you to live at yeah. too, but there's so much help and so much support and we just really have to ask. And I know for a yeah. lot of high achieving women that are working and building businesses and doing all this stuff, you're like, I'll just yeah. figure it out and I'll do it myself. But there's so yeah. many women out there that want to support you and your beautiful community of wellness babes. And, and there's plenty of them out there that want to help you just be the best version of you. So definitely reach out and ask for help. I've recorded three podcasts today and it has all ended on asking for help. I think the universe is telling me something today, yes. which is such yeah. a beautiful thing to hear. So Tabitha, if people want to connect with you, learn more about wellness babes or rock the effort pass uh, podcast, where do they find you at? You know, well, my website is tabithamartin.com, but I'm mainly on Instagram at tabmartin. So you can find all my resources there and I have all the links to like free guides. Um, and then you can listen to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts on. And so um, those are my main social media links. Thank you so much for having awesome. me on today though. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for your time. This truly has been a gift to everybody to have this conversation today. Um, I will, I will put links to all of that stuff in the show notes too. So it makes it nice and easy for people to find you. But at the end of every podcast, Tabitha, I always ask everyone this question. I think it's very fascinating with different lines of work that we're all in. We're all service-based entrepreneurs and we're trying to yeah. make the world a better place with all these, you know, services that we're doing out there but there are different seasons and reasons for the way that we do things and so when you hear the phrase ladies kicking ass what does that mean to you in your life that means for me is alignment getting aligned with what you really want to achieve and going after it no matter what it takes you know bring the anxiety with you bring the stress with you but don't allow it to hold you back from kicking ass. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yep. You got to keep going no matter what. And there's plenty of yeah. tools out here and you're, you're a beautiful example yeah. of what is a 
available for people if they're really looking to dive deep into this and, and really work on that this year. So thank you so much for your time, Tabitha. And until next time, keep kicking ass. Thanks for being part of the Ladies Kicking Ass community. Cheers to all you badass women out there. Keep rocking your power, igniting your fire, and making waves in the service industry. If you loved today's episode, please do me a quick favor. Take a screenshot, post it, and tag us at Ladies Kicking Ass. Be sure to include the link to your favorite episode. Your support in spreading the word means the world to us as we aim to empower even more women. Hit that subscribe button to stay tuned for more kick-ass episodes. And don't forget, a five-star review is the ultimate high five. Connect with us on social media. All the links are in the show notes. Thank you for being part of our tribe. Now go kick some serious ass, lady.